but um, I'm tired of worrying about a car. I just want to get in it and drive. Exactly. It is come to that. So, or, you know, get in and go no matter what. Yes, especially with these kids. Like, what what vehicle do you have where they could be further back from me? <laughs> Give me that. Hilarious. Yes, but I'm so happy I have you guys here for Cozy Moon Podcast. So happy. Um, I uh, really, for this season 11, I wanted to get a bit of everybody because when you see parenting podcasts, it's kind of like, well, I don't have kids, so that has nothing to do with me. Really, it's not. Really, I want people to treat Cozy Moon like a child warning. Like everything I need to know about children is here. The truth is here, not the fluffy stuff. So um, that's why I wanted to get you two because you two are so involved with each other in a good way that I feel like it would be a very fresh perspective on the view of why people in your age range doing so much that you do are still waiting Mm -hmm. yeah and I think people need to hear an honest aspect as to why and um what your biggest concerns are with parenting so that's why I was like this episode is for them okay ain't nobody else getting this um, thank you we love it we'll be real and raw and I think in here we'll have we'll be similar but it's some stuff I think we will give some nice you know different thoughts and views on so yeah we'll keep we'll keep it entertaining too yeah that's i got podcast family y'all black love matters without the k okay (laughs) b-l-a-c-l-o-v-e matters podcast is on here so can you tell um the listeners a little bit about your show and why you started it absolutely oh yeah black love matters is uh, a therapy session well first of all (laughs) who is you (laughs) I'm near. <laughs> Thank you. And did no introductions. What was the lady who was um who's the new one of the new press secretaries or in Biden's administration? Remember, it's the new deputy deputy house secretary. Remember, she came in and was like, "Good evening," and no yes, one. Yes, I yeah. saw that. It was like, and, and, and it was like "Good evening." Good evening. Introduced himself. He just came right on in. No Good, evening. Right. Good evening. I said, I'm "Yes, here. black woman," <laughs> and she's Nyambi, as you can see. Uh, and bl- we're black love matters and we are black love matters mm-hmm. uh black love matters is a podcast that uh, you know from two black ass motherfuckers who oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> two black ass motherfuckers who um talks about matters and black love so i think black love matters can mean uh, multiple things right so yeah. a, it can mean like uh literally like yes black love matters mm-hmm. but it can also be like matters and black love and mm-hmm. all types of love Mm-hmm. Don't have to necessarily be like relationship. Uh, relationship it can be platonic and everything else in between. Anything I'm missing, but no, I think that's right. But it's just really highlighting on like what does black love mean amongst ourselves and our community, and also how we're not a monolith, right? Like I think so many times, like we think we all just fit in this one bucket, and we don't. And we just really want to provide a space where everybody feels as if they have a home in this Black Love Matters community. So that's yes. a little bit about us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. And what do you guys enjoy about podcasting the most? Mm-hmm. I'll go first. So I'm not going to lie. When we first started podcasting, it was not Nyambi's ministry. Uh, (laughs) 
Nero more so got it when we created the podcast we were at a really rough part um in in our life right like we had and Nero likes to say it we lost our jobs on the same day and we literally pulled in the driveway together and I was definitely in moments of hurt shame to defeat Mm -hmm. and I was just super heads down work pay the bills come home in in this motion and Niram was at the point where we weren't communicating as much like Mm -hmm. we knew we were upset we knew we were sad and Niram was looking for a way to kind of pull like to bring me back to who I was Mm -hmm. and so originally when we started the podcast it was literally a therapy session for us to document this journey because Niram already declared we were going to get to the other side of it but Mm -hmm. also the, you know, it's something about releasing things. It's something you, whenever it's darkness, you have to bring light. Whenever there's negativity, you have to like kill that with positivity. So it was like used as this counterbalance for us to come out of that. And I would say now, when I love so much about podcasting is the community that we've created. Like mm-hmm. the, when you podcast, you can say whatever you want, right? Like, yes. and you can curate that to be so special and you don't have to worry about being PC and this and that. Like we really could just be unauthentically uh, to be authentically us mm-hmm. and the community that we built around has been so, mm, I don't know, just refreshing. Cause sometimes you can feel like you're in isolation. What about mm-hmm. you? Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the fact that, even us, man, like how we are able to have these conversations and not really know each other, but know each other, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the 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 essence of what I really love about podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. You meet um, family that's not related, but family. We have right. an understanding. Right. <laughs> um, where can the people find Black Love Matters and tell them where to call to near them? Well, you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 508 784 1111. That's 508-784-1111. You can find us on all things the internet at Black Love Matters. That's Black with OK. That's BlackLoveMatters.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Love Matters. And that's Black with OK. And we love everything. Add us to of comment if you got a question you can send us emails we do something called kitchen table talk where you know that's when you bring it around when it's either your cousins or your aunties or your grandmas and you know the stuff that you really don't want to tell folks i like to say you know when your slip is showing they're like nah <laughs> yes you're wrong right we love you but you're wrong or no you're right and you need to get up out of there immediately and we in those topics cover everything from relationships a couple episodes back we was talking about people gotta wash their ass so you know nothing <laughs> is off the table i enjoyed that episode because we're family and you got if i'm as a family member don't tell you you kind of funky you little musty hey musty you know <laughs> shout out to jackie Ina. right who gonna tell them right don't you go t- <laughs> Yes. I mess you up here. You do everything. You good. Okay. You good. So, with all that being said, let's get into this topic. Let's talk the idea of kids having Mm -hmm. kids and what may come with kids. As you know, I have my two. At the end of the show, I will let you meet them in the flesh. Um, But for right now, they are away because their mouth. Oh my God. So listen, my first question is where are both of your minds at when it comes to kids right now? Yeah. You go first there. This is exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Did y'all plan this? this? (laughs) Hey there, people. 
Hope you're enjoying the show. Don't forget to check out Cozy Womb Shop, okay? The link is in the bio. You can also reach the shop at www.whoisshan.com. On Cozy Womb Shop, my thing that I'm going for right now in the t-shirts is good colors, good fun colors for the kids, for mom, for dad, unisex, and some new masks and some new colors. And I'm I'm focusing on spreading love and getting love, okay? So on there, find what you're into. I have stickers, I have hoodies, and I have mugs, okay? But we got to get into this new season of Cozy Moon Podcast while you enjoy your merch. Let's go. In the day when they used to drop like new songs or new videos, <laughs> they're like, it's an exclusive. Right. <laughs> At 7 p.m. Did y'all plan this? Yeah, Master Flex. I think where, where I'm at with kids is that, yes, um, kids will happen. I don't know if there's going to happen now, but I know the clock is ticking, right? Uh, you know, both of us are heading to our mid 30, so it is definitely hand around Headed. this spot. Heading. Yes, heading. Okay. Heading. You done been there and stopped at the rest stop? I ain't stopped at no rest and stop. Getting a Cinnabon. I ain't got no Cinnabon yet either. Okay. okay. But as both of us are approaching our mid 30s, you know, the conversation of whether or not to have kids and to not have kids is definitely becoming more and more serious, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to be, you know, the traditional way, whether it's going to be through IVF mm-hmm. or or whether it's going to be through adoption. I think as we are coming to this, I would say, interesting part in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, those conversations are um, definitely, we have had more and are starting to be more serious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I would agree. My timeline is tighter than Niram. And yes, we are married. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we've been talking about it for a while, as Niram said, like we always like, yes, kids, but it was always something that was like in the distance. Um, mm-hmm. And not even just because of financials or being where we want to be, but there was some life we wanted to live. And now that I'm knocking at the door, where it's the age of where you may become a geriatric pregnancy, I, I have... Nero made itself modest. Like we've have been going to doctor's appointments and we have been like kind of plotting out like when is when are we going to even start trying? Because as Nero said before, you know, we don't know if this is going to be an easy process. We don't know if we're going to have to go through different creative ways. Mm-hmm. But I think where my head at is is really wrapping my head like emotionally around what that means because I think a lot of times folks don't tell you like that piece of it right like Mm -hmm. so even just going to the doctor and saying I'm thinking about having a kid where do I even begin like I'm not sure if those were conversations that like my mother and my aunt told me to Mm -hmm. do or have because I think about back to their experiences and they got um, pregnant in their like earlier 20s um, mid 20s where it wasn't the type of, I don't know, the preparation wasn't needed as I would need it. So it's just been very different, like going to different doctor's appointments, getting blood drawn, just seeing even where the baseline is compared to the just, we'll see what happens, right? Because due to our age, of course, we're going to do a little bit, see what happened and a little, you know, having some fun while we're practicing, but also there's another sense of urgency. What Niram and I always play around with to say is we're trying to do this Q4 baby this year. What does that mean? And like, we've been sharing that with some family. They're like, Q4? Was y'all launching a business? Yes. He has this baby plant like it's a KPI for a business. And But it gets to that point, right? Because we have a different amount of time. So I'm at the point where it's nervous is not the word, 
but I do want to make sure that I'm mentally where I need to be to physically bring a baby in the world, right? Another thing that's been top of mind too is even connecting back. I took a pause from like the therapist I was even seeing because we were um, moving, Mm -hmm. but it is a priority for me, you know, either as I'm getting pregnant or when I'm pregnant to make sure I have a therapist I really can know and trust, right? So as I'm bringing, you know, I I love therapy, y'all. I don't know if Cozy Womb know that. (laughs) I love therapy. This was hard for me to pause. So just making sure I'm in that right space. So it's just a different level of preparedness that's new for me. And I also would say new for like women in my family. So I'm looking at both sides of my family, even in my generation, I'm probably one of the people... I'm a late bloomer, right? So I'm the one of the last folks who are going to have a baby. So when I tell them I'm doing these doctor's appointments and stuff, they're like, you overthinking it, you over-engineering it, just have just to go see what happened. And so that's even been a different experience that I'm learning to navigate through too. So I know I, I gave a lot. Let me know if I need to read. No, but it, was every, it was everything I needed. <laughs> um, it Well, I'll tell you this, it having kids or being a parent is very emotionally taxing. Yes. Because you can't pause their needs. Oh, I know. You're Mabel. gonna have to meet them. Mabel, this let me Negro. Tell you about Mabel, Mabel is a dog, y'all. But it's kind of the same thing, except at least Mabel can't talk back. <laughs> Mabel is a, a forever two-year-old. Yeah. My kids talk me. back to me and they need me at the same time. I'm just like, well, what's wrong? I mean, and also I've been trying to get my friend Shan to like even unpack that because I know how I am. And the thing is, Niram and I, it's just been us for so long that, you know, you see how your nieces and nephews and godchildren say little things and then the parents act like it ain't no right. sweat off their back. I said, damn, they ain't pissing you off. Right. right. I'm, I'm in the mouth. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, violence. Oh, okay. but, <laughs> but damn, we don't even talk about like that type of shit. Like, what is it? How do you navigate through spaces when you love your child, but you don't like them? Right. Especially when they be trying to reason. Tommy, can you please sit down? Yeah. Please. I told Listen, you. I told y'all I just came from Walmart and yeah. I was finished with my groceries and stuff. And I'm watching people check out. And this like she had to be like four years old and she trying to pull stuff up the conveyor belt as her dad is like pricing it out. And he, yeah. he said, stop, stop. And she's still grabbing. He took those flip flops off that thing and slapped her with it. <laughs> not the whole whole flip-flop I said that's what she needed but then as soon as she felt like oh I got in trouble yes she went to her mom and her mom kissed her Mm boo-boo damn this is what I don't do you get in trouble from your dad and you said you got in trouble I'm gonna just look at you I'm not gonna hush you I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna wipe it down or anything because you deserved it because of how you are acting and it's this constant correction and it's constant um talking and what I hate the most repeating myself yes Mm -hmm. yes I always I marvel at the patience of parents and the idea of like constantly saying the same thing over and over again for 18 years yeah yes (laughs) And this is why I refuse to do it with the man. If I got to repeat myself too, you are now one of my child and I'm going to file you on my taxes. Come on. Come on. Okay. Y'all can file taxes jointly. Exactly. <laughs> what a start mess. So um, for both of you, 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 you spoke a little bit on this. Um, how important is it for you guys to wait mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, um, yeah. physically because you have to be physically fit 
with these kids. Mm Because let me tell you, I just put up the trampoline this week and my back is still burning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you want to unpack it a little bit? No, I I think it's very important, especially since most of us, since both of us have spent um, like uh, better years working on our careers and getting as far as we can in our careers. So I think, you know, it's going to be a different mind shift. Yes. To even like, to even think about like what that even looks like when for us, right? Like mm-hmm. COVID is just me, her and Mabel. And we can literally just spend hours in the office, both working, both got our heads on zone and just have some food for Mabel and that just be it, right? So that that even mindset of like what that transition would be from us to, to just the kid is mm-hmm. one thing. Another thing, yes, you got to be active because these some new age kids here. I don't know what the hell they, uh, what's in their food or their water, but right. you're going you to have to get strong on the ass. <laughs> yes, you got to get strong on them. It's true. It's true. They stronger, they smarter. Yeah, um, they stronger, they smarter. They didn't have the internet. They've been born with the internet. Listen. That's all they know. They don't remember dial up and shit. They don't remember none of that. Yeah. The microwave culture right like mm-hmm. i remember when we if we would go back to how we were raised we understood things took time or you had to just go sit down and do these things but now you have to think of the kids now they instantly are able to get everything from food delivered games that they're playing right. movies they want to watch right because think back to you even if you want to watch a movie if you was lucky enough to have cable maybe you did but if you did you got the movie only came on at 8 p.m so you yeah. know wait for the movie to come on at 8 p.m bed somebody to take you to blockbuster hope is in stock or go like it's just a different level of patience mm-hmm. and um, waiting we had to do compared to I, what i've seen even with the kids what they want it now right everything instantly i even think the amazon if it's a toy you want order it on amazon depending on where you stay it'll take anywhere between an hour to 48 hours to get to you mm-hmm. where before it's like child we'll see for the holidays right. maybe your birthday if you do a little good in school so what's that once a quarter you might get a little piece of present where now like all of that and like how do you how do you balance that like some of that you got to stay on it right because of technology but also how do you pull back on that right and i also think i don't know if i'm equipped to to um figure out my my inner needs well not my inner needs but like my inner softness because mm-hmm. i be thinking i got two guy kids yes and one of that oldest one he mm-hmm. a little he a little sensitive and i'm like hey girl, stop crying which and I know I can't tell no, him that, no, but then his cry. daddy be like, nigga, stop crying. I was like, yes, that's what I want to tell him. I wanted to, and I know it's toxic, but I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. but it's not way to cry, right? Like, it's like getting, I think that's the emotional part. And I think that's the piece I'm really want to like hone into yeah. to be able to be emotionally intelligent um, for my kids. Not to the point where it's helicopter parent, parenting or like overarching, but to be just to have the discernment, right? Like, when do you have discernment to be like, cry it out? Ain't nothing yeah. wrong with it. I'm going to be over here reading my mm-hmm. Toni Morrison. Come let me know when you want to read A is for activists, right? Like, I want to just know, like, that type of balance. And I think the key to that is, like, having a self-awareness and yeah. knowing when when is it for debate? Like, they doing their own stuff and know when is it me that's showing up as a child, right? Like, I don't want to live in this world where I'm just trying to give my child the things I never have because that might not be necessarily what they need. And it's not even necessarily what they need. I know it's not what they need because we grew up in two different spaces mm-hmm. in time. So I think the piece for me is really that emotional piece. Mm-hmm. And physical, we've been just trying to do that regardless. Because even if we don't got kids, listen, it's, listen, y'all. The revolution is coming and you need to be active. <laughs> the revolution is coming. Kid or no kid, we all need to be ready. Yeah, um, 
I will say this, the sensitivity, the Lord gave me two sensitive kids and I think he's having a laugh. And when it comes down to homework, so Anya, she has homework. I just got her a children's dictionary and she hates me for it because I think technology is making our kids lazy. Mm-hmm. And she's so used to asking Google, Google, how do you spell such and such? And I'm whispering because I don't want Google to hear me. And the answer will just come. Mm-hmm. My thing is like, I want you to be able to think through with how your answer is your answer. Exactly. And so um, every day, Monday through Friday, I give her a list of five words. Go define them and use it in a sentence. Mm-hmm. And she'll start and then she'll come to me well, what does um, higher mean? Like higher, like taller, like up here? I said, no, that's a different higher. Well, why don't you just tell me what it means? No, why don't you just flip in the dictionary letter by letter and find the word? And I'm going to check and she'll cry, she'll cry and she'll lay on the chair. And I'm just like, okay, you can either go in the bathroom, lock the door and cry it out or you could go outside and cry it out. But when you come back in, you're still going to do the definitions. And I, and that's what it is because I was like that about homework, about math work. I hated math. I still hate math. But Anya, she understands third grade math, but she's only in first grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thankful for that because my thing is nobody told me this was coming and now you have it in front of my face and I don't understand it. I'm not a quick learner when it comes to math and you're shoving it in my face and you're telling me it's easy, but it's not easy for me. It's new math. Listen, but some ways near this new math, it makes sense. So like their basic addition, they make like this T, um, this T line and they do the numbers on this side first and then they cross over and they do the numbers on this side first and the answer comes so fast. And I'm just mm. like, you know what? I'm so happy they found a more efficient way of teaching this because yes, the other way w- wasn't working for everybody. And my mom didn't do what I do. My mom let me cry it out and she wrote a note on the paper and she said, Chantal does not understand this. Mm. And that was it. I didn't have to try anymore. I didn't have to work it out. We didn't work it together. She just took it as I'm having a hard time. And just, she awesome. let me, she let me give up too early. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of things. And sometimes parents may think that you're loving your kids when you let them do that, but you're not because she just made it harder for me as I kept going in grades higher and higher because I'm not getting the basics. Exactly. And exactly. so, with parenting, sometimes you're going to have to be the mean parent. You're going to have to be, no, you can cry or whatever. You're still going to do it. Let's work it together. I'll do an example, but you're going to do this. And mm-hmm. that's what kids need because even now as an adult, yes, I'm 33 with two, with two kids, but I wish my mom pushed me more that way. Now as an adult, I'll be way more outgoing and willing yeah. to do more and I'm not because I was never pushed I had to push myself when I yeah. was like 13 going up mm. my mom was not a pusher she was a let me do the basics let me be here let me yeah. hush you if you hurt yourself but she didn't know how to discipline and I needed that so I am both I am nurturing when I feel like it's time and I am 
the disciplinarian when I feel like, oh, it's time for the leathers. There's another part of the cow. Here it is. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. there's, there's a difference and you have to find your balance. Yes. It's so true. Right. Cause I think even in, for y'all who don't know, I'm a cubicle warrior. So my nine to five, I'm in tech and HR. And because I'm in tech, it's a lot of high achieving folks, right? Like, so I get all the gifted and talented folks, the high achieving people, and you can tell where they weren't pushed, right? Like you can tell that things naturally either came to them mm-hmm. or they're looking for, for someone to tell them what to do and they're able to replicate it. Right. So whenever I give them like super autonomous tasks, they're just like, but how do I do it? I'm like, you do it yourself. That's why I gave you the task to go figure yeah. it out. Figure it out, and you can see they're kind of like, but what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh, beloved, you have to critically think mm-hmm. and learn how to research yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they they even get frozen when some of the stuff is a Google search, but there's like, but what am I supposed to put in the Google search? I was like, oh no 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 no, this is your life. Like you have yeah. to out and it's so interesting to see both sides of it because I think sometimes folks think it's like oh it's with the folks who maybe not as high achieving or do the thing but it's on both sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. like it's both sides that I see them it, it comes out and that push and that challenge is needed um so much because even as a manager I find myself having to push like 21 year old and 25 year olds to be like oh you missed this lesson mm-hmm. yeah. on like what it is to be challenged and like redirected. And that was just a beautiful point you hit on. Yeah. And yeah. even now, even I'm sure, and I am, you find this with adults in a workplace, you um, may do reviews mm-hmm. and you talk to them about what they've improved on and you talk to them about what they need to work on. And they mm-hmm. get really emotional because- yes is a space of correction for them to be better but they they have it emotionally grasped that because their parents didn't do it and so even you helping them and correcting them is very emotional and for me even at 33 I'm sitting here working from home and training and we're going through the systems and because some people are understanding it and catching on quicker with the accounts and I'm not understanding it and I'm not moving through the systems fast enough. Internally, I'm boiling. I'm getting mm-hmm. really frustrated. Yeah. And that is a, a child um, mentality of not being able to find a solution early yeah. on. That's yes. frustrating me because they're not doing anything to me, but mm-hmm. internally I'm frustrated with myself, which is going to move me farther away from the solution. And that's what I want parents to understand is you hushing them and taking them away from the challenge each time is pushing them away from the finish line of what they need to do. Exactly. Exactly. Because you just see it and play or I even have conversations about you realize whatever your you are not your score, right? Like you might have did behaviors to get there, but it yeah. was so hard for them to pull almost their identity away from it. Like it was it was just I, I literally have to be in conversations and like layer it out for folks. Like we're talking about your behaviors and your trajectory and where you want to go, but this isn't who you are. This This is just what you do. And they're just like, oh, right. Like it's just like this unpacking that I'm like, oh, okay. So where did this begin? But they don't get it though. (laughs) Like all of that stuff is, is associated with their identity. And I think that's one of the downfalls of social media is that they think this shit is real life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This shit ain't real. (laughs) Sorry. It's a simulation. <laughs> yeah, this is all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> so, you know, even for them to just see themselves and have their identity so attached to these numbers of people that they don't even know mm-hmm. and, and be all sad and shit when they don't 
hit the numbers and shit. It, it, and it's tied to the yeah. same thing, like likes and uh, like hearts and comments. Like it just, this cycle of socialization begins so early on that as a parent, right? Like that's a different type of parenting that our parents didn't have to deal right. with. Right. And I don't know if I'm ready to handle that shit. Right. Like, cause mm-hmm. we, we've lived where it didn't exist. So mm-hmm. we've lived in both worlds. And so it's hard to coach and parent that to be like, oh, that don't matter. But they're right. like, this is all I know. Y'all just old curmudgeons. So and it's like, no, things, do you not know about my space? Nigga? Right. <laughs> like those are things <laughs> I think about as my blind spot as a parent and what I hope I don't send my child to therapy for, but maybe stay tuned. <laughs> and you know, it's, and I'm glad we are the generation that's um, undoing the you don't need therapy. You just need to talk to yeah. to um, family or just go outside. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't just go outside and fix it. Yeah. You need to be able to talk to someone who is a stranger, who is unbiased, who knows nobody that you're talking to and mm-hmm. can give you a fresh look at how you can use mental tools because yes. that's what they are. They're not giving you a magic stick to fix it. They're giving you um, ways you could use your mental tools to work through um, the people in your life and figure out if you actually need people that are in your life currently in your life to move yeah. forward and um i'm not opposed to kids going to therapy i'm not opposed to uh, myself i've gone to therapy i don't yeah. feel like everyone necessarily needs it until mm-hmm. the casket drop but you do need it at a certain point in your life where you're just stuck i just imagine what would be how powerful therapy would have been for you near them as like almost that senior year going into high school uh, I'm going into I'm sorry not high school going into college or you remember what was that 11th grade like when you're making like a lot of decisions Mm -hmm. and you just didn't know it's like something about like these key turning points like even if you don't have a consistent therapist but someone's Mm -hmm. walking you through like those things those are the types of privileges I want to extend to my child because I don't think that's something my parents even thought about to be like so you're about to, to therapy when I seen the nigga get killed in the streets. <laughs> Y'all don't hear him from the east side of Detroit, honey. We got stories. Yeah. But I, I wanted to give our kids the privilege that hopefully mm-hmm. they don't see nobody get shot. Right. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Right. But they need to, to really toughen up. Please. Y'all don't listen to him. <laughs> please don't listen to him. You ain't but, never seen a dead body. <laughs> what do you mean you ain't seen a dead body? What? what you, mean you ain't seen no dead body. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to just have a space to unpack and then to go somewhere that's not their parents or their family to either say man i'm really excited about this next chapter in my life or i have no idea what i want to do next yeah, and yeah. someone be able to support them in that next part would yeah. be powerful i think so yeah because I, I i know from my end and i know from your end like we had to figure this shit out on our own we had to get this shit off the mud ourselves yeah. and sometimes that just takes a lot of fucking time to even get from point A to point B and you trying to go all the way down to Z. So it takes you so long just to even go through these points that you, yeah, I think an outside person yeah. that's non-biased that you can give up the tea with and you know, they ain't gonna tell your secrets yeah. because they can't by law mm-hmm. that you, you you need that in your life. And even as a parent, we was talking about this on the other episode. Like, yeah, look, we tie everything. We talked about James Ball went all the way to Trick Daddy. We was watching <laughs> Love and Hip Hop. What is the family reunion mm-hmm. when Mendeecey's when Mendeecey's got up to do his testimony on where he been and how he was growing up? And he literally his mother stopped him mid sentence. Let me tell like, you when when that came on, I was like, this was like, this is it. My God. Older my parents God. who are shameful of how they parented will cut off their children no matter at what age just to 
just to feel okay in their position. And older parents need to stop being so um, egotistical about with their revisionist history. Yes. When with the colonizers do. Come on. When the oppressed becomes the oppressor. Right. And the thing is, I don't think he was trying to throw shade at his no. mom. I think he was bringing it full circle to be like, but God, and we made it. Mm -hmm. But like that type of stuff I want to get ahead of. Right. Like I want my child to be able to live in their truth. Mm -hmm. No matter what my lived experience, I want them to be able to tell their story without any hurt, shame, or feet, defeat tied to it. Now, yeah. if I got some stuff with it, I need to go do my work as Iyan will say. Yeah. Right. I want to have my child to give voice to it because you can even see Mendeecees in that moment. He reverted back to that 13, 14, 15 year old where you don't say nothing. You just put your head down. Yeah, my, you right. And then mm. go about this day and push. He, you could literally see him physically pushing his emotions right. down. And it's just like, that's what you got to get ahead of. You didn't destroy this black man. Like, you, know, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do with my kids that my mother didn't do with any of hers. Um, I'm going to do parent reviews parent mm -hmm. job reviews so you mm -hmm. know like your job every three months you go yes. into that little meeting room and y'all talk about mm -hmm. you know, what you've been doing this three months and your performance i want to um ask each one of my kids separately am i is there something you need from me that i'm not doing yes is, uh, there, is uh, am i you know loving you enough do you feel um safe um, is there something that you feel like I can improve on? Let's just like a judge free zone and mm. vice versa, just to open it up because I don't want my girls to grow up in a world that's so fast paced and feel like they can't come to me. Mm -hmm. Doesn't feel like I don't hug them enough. I don't tell them I love them enough. Or is my discipline overtaking your feeling of feeling loved? Because that can be a thing also. And am I too focused on making sure you have, but not making sure that I have your back? Yes. Because, yeah. you know, parents would think like, you know, I, I cook, I clean, I work, I make sure you have clothes, I make sure you have your backpack, all your school stuff. I check in with your homework. What am I not doing? How, how am I not a great parent? And this is the thing with kids. No matter how great you think you are as a parent, your child is always going to feel like, I wish my mom did that. Or I wish my dad did that. My, my dad don't do that. Yeah. Because they're always comparing other people's parents to you. And instead of your child having years upon years growing up, feeling like you're not filling up this zone, ask them as they grow. Yeah. Uh -huh. Big facts. Because if my mom asks me, you know, every year, am I doing this right? Do you feel this? Do you feel safe? I would have told her no. Uh -huh. Because my mom is not a protector. Anytime um, anything escalated or fighting came up, especially being the only girl in the house of boys, she yeah. basically put her head down and it was like, you got to duke it out. Yeah, you gotta throw chairs across the room. You gotta do whatever you need to do to settle y'all own no, solution. Let them and fight. I'm just like, where is the parent? My mom was not a y'all stop. My yeah. mom was like, let me go get my first aid kit just in case somebody start bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be that mom, so I don't let the girls fight. Yes, I um, I don't force apologies if they're not sorry because I hate when adults fake apologize and I don't want to introduce that to them but I do explain to them after I discipline them this is why I did this yes to avoid this next time you need to do this yes you know it's not just oh I I whooped them and 
and, and the voodoo, that's what you get. It's, it's an explanation. It's this is what you could do next time to avoid this. Like Anya's in this phase now where she wants to be more independent. So she'll get the chair. She'll make her eggs. She'll, um, what she do the other day? I think she was doing um, the cheese. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. He's a uh, quesadillas. Mm-hmm. And I showed her three times and she wanted to do it on her own. Yeah. She burned herself on her finger. Not bad, but yeah. she was touching the wrong part of the pot. And mm-hmm. then out of like surprise, she put the hot little frying pan on my chair little cushion seat yeah she burnt the top of the cushion seat and she told me she um burnt herself she got her own band-aid she put it on Mm -hmm. she put the pot in the sink and she waited until later on she was like you know what she was like when I do stuff I kind of hide it because I don't want you to get mad at me so I'll wait I said don't wait I said, mm-hmm. tell me everything up front and be honest, because if I find something later that you didn't tell me, I'm going to be more upset. Right. And those are the discussions we need to have, not stay in a child's place. You need to mind your business. You don't need to be over here. There's grown people talking. No, some things are going to come to your child that are grown up from somebody else. And if you tell them this is not, um, you know, a child's place, they're going to keep it a secret. I don't want my children right. keeping no secrets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then you're setting them up to to be empowered and also to advocate for themselves. Yeah. Like, you're training them up now in all aspects of the, in their life. Because in my house, this was the bare minimum expected. I'm not about to go out here and y'all gonna treat me any type of way. Like it's exactly. just exactly them up for long-term success. So, you know, when there's a diet day, you're not around, Lord willing, you know, of course they're gonna outlive you. Like they feel like they have a voice. Yeah. And then they sometimes parents miss that point. Like we're, we wanna help 
these humans become fully developed, right? And independent. But to get to that independence, you have to relinquish some of that. Like it, sometimes we don't want to do the other half of the work too. So when they launch and go off that they're ready. Yeah. Right. And I think the additional thing is the, you know, as they get older, this whole notion of respectability politics when it comes to mm-hmm. the black diaspora yeah. and children. Yes. To understand that we don't need that. We don't need that in our society. We don't need respectability politics. At all. You, you can be respectful, right? But, but yeah. the politics does not have to come right. a, along with it. True. And unpacking that with them because it's history to that, right? Like I think our parents and our elders, they did it as a means of survival. But now we're in a different place and it's time for us to evolve a little bit for, further. Because what I think sometimes folks do is they miss the history lesson there, mm-hmm. right? So there was a reason our elders had to keep us in line a certain way or we had to move in the streets a certain way because they were literally trying to protect um, our lives. You know, some argue that's still going on, but I think that's the piece that we miss. Like this was done this way because of X, Y, and Z. Now we're here and this is how we're going to move in that space. Yeah. So sometimes those history lessons are missing. And then you still have those parents that even now it's like, don't. Don't stand up for yourself at work. Just keep your head no, down. No, ma'am. It is 2021. No. We stand up for ourselves in the workplace. Exactly. And Call them it, racist. And then the hidden yes. behind that is like, then you get your paper trail, right? Like, yeah. it, it, I'm not telling them that part. Like, if you're going to do it, this is how you do it. You get your paper trail. You line things in order, like that type of stuff. Instead of like y'all saying, oh, don't be quiet. Don't say nothing, right? Like, we're not equipping them with the other stuff. Again, it goes back to that empowerment and that advocacy and being able to critically think and read a room all the superpowers that black people have that we shrink ourselves for it's like how do we teach our kids not to shrink themselves that's another thing that worries me about having kids like how do we get them in a place where they feel as if they don't have to shrink themselves you put them in a place where they don't have to shrink yes and that's that's you know uh giving them the truth in the house before they leave out the house Mm-hmm. And um, that's also telling them that, you know, you feel like you deserve a raise at work. Go talk to who you need to talk to and tell them why you deserve a raise. And if you feel like you shouldn't work for anything less, don't work for anything less. I think the whole phase of uh, this generation working for what they can get, that's out. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So yeah. whole different crew. I can't imagine see what, what these kids going to be when they come on up. Tide Pod already got me something, but the generation after Tide Pod, they got mm-hmm. something for our asses. What's don't that? They? What generation is that? I'm, Alpha? I'm not sure if they named it yet, but they got something for our asses. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm just like, okay, I have two kids. If one of them wants to put me in a nursing home, I got another home yeah. to go to. So they got sure. something for us coming, and I can't <laughs> wait. So let me just make sure I do this right. So my next question is, what about the way you were loved and nurtured um, growing up made you guys want kids? That's such a good one. I think when it comes to my family, they just loved blackness. Like my family was really in tune with like culture and like who we were as a, of course, a nuclear family, but the broader thing. So I think one of the benefits of growing up in Detroit, people are like, oh my goodness, Detroit is so diverse. No, it ain't. It's a lot of Black people. But we got <laughs> to see so many like ideas of Blackness. So we had everything from, we got the folks who are business people, lawyers, doctors, entrepreneurs, but we also seen the crackheaded Black people. So in my head, I, I lived in this microcosm of like, oh man, it's Black people everywhere and we can do it. And, and on top of that, there was such a sense of like pride in like who we were and how we showed up that just, 
I don't know, it lit me up, right? It lit me up to be like, yes, I cannot wait to have a family to also continue this legacy on for that. And I think that's something special that we often don't talk about in these um, cities of like blackness, right? I think of the Chicago's, the Detroit's, the Cleveland's, the Philly, like it is something about living in that epicenter where you're surrounded by your people 360 that just gets me so excited to kind of pass on that knowledge, that legacy and see the evolution of the next folks who are coming up. What you think, Nero? Uh, for me, uh, I think it was more of guilt. Guilt? What you mean? <laughs> for y'all don't know, Niram's a cancer. Listen. And he's It'd be more of guilt because, you know, my side of family is, you know, well, this is what you got to do. And, and, you know, you, you got to have kids. You got to leave that legacy. You got to make yeah. sure that somebody had that last name. You're trying to keep that last name going. It's all on you now. You're the only man left in the family. Mm-hmm. You got all your brothers and dad. Now it's oh, all on all you. Yeah. <laughs> it's all on you. What? Meanwhile, on a ranch, I'm trying to go to Willy Wonka. I'm like, yeah. it's amazing. Black. <laughs> it's more black people. Of course. Don't we all want to do these things? That, yes. That's our yin and yang. So, you know, that, that leaves you with like, shit. Like, do I really want this? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's more or less my experience. And it's more uh, my own learning to be like, yeah, you know what? Like, I think I want a kid. Not for the reasons that I was initially taught early on, you know, got to leave a legacy. But like, she'd be like, yeah, you know, I, I think this is a, a role in my life in order to keep the world going. True. And even this idea of legacy, I think when I was younger, I thought it was something else about me passing on something. And I do, it is something to generational wealth and passing that on. But I think the privilege is even more so helping that child figure out what their potential is and helping them like launch off. Like I want them to figure out what they want to do. Like I don't have to be what I was doing. Like it's something about having that deep investment and seeing um, like dreams come to fruition Mm -hmm. and just hopefulness and joy. Like it's something to that that's um intuitively inside me to be like oh this is what i'm supposed to do right right? like this is a part of my inner work as a human on this earth to help play it forward um in in some some form or fashion i know for y'all don't know i'm very granola and earth moons and stars and um chakra (laughs) and it feels that way right like it's hard to put a point on it to be like yeah i'm a part of something bigger here right? right like I don't know, as I'm getting older, I do feel like the ancestors are talking louder and louder. Like as I'm moving towards stuff, I feel like sometimes I can hear my grandmother or feel my grandmother and grandfather being like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Keep keep going. And I'm like, oh yes, of course. So it's something about being a part of that, right? Like, and just creating momentum to keep pushing um, forward. That really gets me super excited about it too. That's good. Um. The second part of this question, what did both of you need separately mm. as a child that you didn't get, which you were pouring to your own children? Shit. Five years of therapy. I think this is a tough one for me because I, I, I spent a lot of time on my own spending for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time from like fifth grade all the way up until like I graduated high school after school, home alone, mm-hmm. in the streets, fended for myself. So I guess, you know, the thing I'm always looking forward to or the thing I'm going to be able to provide is that that guidance. And I know, you know, mm-hmm. I knew it needed to happen because, you know, we got to keep a roof on our head and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, as uh, an individual who's living in that single parent household and, you know, 
the time where they only could find work was in the afternoons and me having to fend for myself. I think I learned a lot of things that the street taught me. Hey moms, are you looking for something stylish to put on, some good accessories, and some must-haves for women? Things that make sense that snatch us in the right way. Okay, look no more. Chris has you set up, okay? Check out shopicon.com. S-H-O-P-I-C-C-O-N.com. Chris is a mom doing it in her own way, okay? She's giving moms like me momentum to go ahead and do our thing, all right? I look up to her. I love her. She's very funny. Check out her podcast, Is It Tuesday, okay? Really real, really good. You can find her and her products on the site. She has shoes, intimate gear, and new arrivals and more. She even has some vintage-like items on What's Upon a Time, okay? Has some great pieces, and they do go fast. So pay attention and make sure you know when she's about to do a drop, okay? My favorite items that she has that I'm always reading up on is definitely those satin line caps, okay? Because when the hair is done and the hair is moisturized, you can get the things done. So please check her out and follow her on IG at shop.icon. Peace! Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show. I think I learned a lot of things the hard way because I didn't have the guidance there, right? Mm -hmm. So I I think being able to provide that guidance of like what happens after school Mm -hmm. in those formative years. Mm, That's super interesting. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing. I think I'm almost the opposite of you. So I grew up as both my parents. I had my grandparents there and cousins. Um, What I think I needed was something a little bit later on. And like, I'm also only child. Mm -hmm. So I think the the idea of like risk-taking, I think I leaned into security almost too much, right? Like, oh, well, this is the thing you should do, right? Mm -hmm. And and shoulds, and and this is the way it's supposed to be. And why wouldn't you do it this Mm -hmm. way? And of course you go to school and then you do that and then you get married. So I I think I would have benefited a little bit more from creating an environment where it's okay to take risk. And also it's okay to lean into your creativity, right? Like, so it doesn't have to be um, pretty and put together in, in, in a box. So try just to create an environment in which it's safe to be the unedited version of yourself. Like everything does not have to be final draft. You can fall to pieces one day and know that we'll be here to help tape you up, glue you together. Or if you want to lay on the ground a little bit, that's cool too. So just leaning in more to that shadow and leaning into um, instead of like leaning into feelings. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, right? Cause my family and near you can speak to it. Like we laugh and we get riled up at each other. And like, we, we do those things, but sometimes I think it's like superficially, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I don't think we just be in the entire feelings. Like we don't go through it completely. Mm-hmm. We, we, okay. We all angry. We cuss each other out. Everybody go in their own room. All right. What you want for dinner now? Which right. sometimes is okay. But sometimes we need to push through all of that. So I just want to create a space in which, you know, you can just sit in a little bit and you don't have to show up the right way. You don't have to present things. Don't have to, you don't have to be a box checker because I think that's when you stop living life, right? I think even on our podcast, sometimes y'all, they tease and they say, I'm a careful black girl, not a carefree black girl. 
in that comes back to some of my upbringing because it's like well what is the plan you're supposed to do and I just sometimes wonder like what are the opportunities I could have missed if I was just a little bit more carefree or more took a few more risks and and even if it didn't work out like literally just falling on my face a little bit more to realize it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would hurt so that's what I'm thinking about um as we have kids and bringing them into this space Mm, good stuff all right so um this gonna be on me but from y'all what are some main questions you have about parenting that I could possibly answer do I think we even brought it up a little bit initially like I think parents y'all do such a good job of making it seamless and (laughs) I don't know how y'all do it right like it just has to be moments where you're like what the hell do I did I sign up for I think I was reading an article that they had with parents who were transparently saying like how do parents navigate in spaces where they had a kid and they didn't want that kid Mm. I think that's never discussed right like how like where do y'all go to discuss the shadow of being a parent The, because the stuff all, that people make you feel bad for saying. Yes. Yeah. Because as soon as I seen that, I was like, absolutely, it has to be people on this earth who had kids who did not want that kid. Be it you having the baby mm-hmm. or think about people who like inherited kids. And and again, it's not that they don't love the kid, but it's like, I was not planning on that shit. Just having bias remorse. Yeah. Say, <laughs> but I done had this baby. I look at it. No, I don't want this. We're <laughs> And not that you're going to do that, but like, where do you have like these honest conversations or how do you have the outlet? Like, cause it got to get out somehow. Like how Mm -hmm. to folks do that? That's something that I'm always um, super interested in. And I give another one too. Like even since we don't have kids, I I think sometimes we do this game of like tango, where we try to like balance with our friends who do have kids to be like, y'all don't got to shift for us. Like we cool just coming over looking at y'all. Like you don't have to do these things. So I think Mm -hmm. sometimes like okay should we just not come with right. that is so like those Look, we finna go we finna go to Costa Rica should we not invite right you like do you want to yeah. go right like and I think just trying to figure that out because I know even me as a mother you know hopefully be mother too it's gonna take a whole last village for me yeah. <laughs> I already know it's gonna take a village and it, and it all ain't gonna be gumdrops and berries for me and I'm like so what is the what's the rules can I not say that I just right. gotta put it in my journal okay so I will say this um Anya I knew I was I knew I was going to make Anya before I made Anya because I'm just Mm -hmm. like okay like I'm done college I worked in New York for six years and uh, I'm over that I'm exhausted so my mom's getting older and I'm the only one that doesn't have a kid out of my brother yeah okay and Anya honestly was my mom for my mom it wasn't mm. oh I'm having the kid for myself no it was like I want at least one child that my mom can enjoy before she leaves this earth because my mom has always been sick yes and um she's healthy now but mm. you know her her immune system is like the worst so um even now like she wants to come here she's in Florida with my brother but I can't put her on a plane to come because her immune system will not take it with what's going on so I would have to go get her and I um had Aria as a surprise which is why I'm completely against brown liquor um every time, <laughs> every time I've had brown liquor I've had children and I'm just like you know what I mean that brown mm-mm. so Aria <laughs> Aria was a surprise and even with Aria being a surprise um 
I, she was just, she was just miserable within me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat, um, uh, vegetables. Uh, there was fruits I couldn't eat. She refused to allow me to juice. Um, I was working 40 hours a week. Uh, and I had Anya to entertain me when I got home. I was tired. Um, her dad was depressed most of my, um, pregnancy. So he really wasn't any emotional help. And I really just felt like I was just pregnant by myself. Yeah. Um, and then when I had her, I didn't feel connected with her for like the whole year. Yeah. And she's a very clingy baby and she always slept on me. So imagine being pregnant for nine months, having a child and the child is very miserable because I was miserable carrying her. And she has very clingy. She has to be on you, not beside you, not in her bed, but she has to lay on you and you're not comfortable yeah. sleeping. And huh. it, 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 there were nights where I had postpartum um, with her and there were nights where she would be just be crying and crying. She's clean. She's fed. I bathed her. Um, she's swaddled and she's in her swing and she's just crying, crying, crying. And I remember calling her dad at like 3 a.m. and I said, if you don't come pick her up, I'm going to put her in her car seat and put her on the carport. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds mean, mm -hmm. but that's how I felt because I didn't connect to her. I knew legally you have to take care of her because you're her mother, you're mm -hmm. able, but emotionally I felt like she don't like me and I don't like her either and we not friends. And I tell people this all the time, like, Ariana and I did not become friends until after her first birthday because I, I couldn't understand her personality. Like, what is your problem? When she uh, was able to uh, communicate to me what she needed and, you know, and I got to understand her personality, it got better. And the thing with parenting and kids is it does get better. There might be longer waves of Ooh, I hate this. And then it gets a little bit better and you don't hate it as much. And now like we cool, yeah. but I know she's like a, her daddy's baby, uh -huh. you know? And I'm cool with that because I love fathers embracing their kids and I love fathers embracing their daughters because I know if my father did come correct, that will also be me. But that wasn't me because of his, his, his personality, but I, uh, I embrace it. I love it, but she is very clingy, very emotional. And that's the thing you can have one child who's easy and you can have another child that's like, nope. are you the spawn of Satan? <laughs> and, and, and you just don't know, but you have to balance it and you find your balance. And there are days where I, I tell people like, I hate being it. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that they call my name first. I hate the fact that they need me all the time. I don't want to be needed today. Don't call my name. You know, my mom always had like days where she'd be like, don't call me. I'm not here. Mom, yes. I'm not here. <laughs> I understand that now. Mm -hmm. It is very taxing for people to need you all the time. And these little people need you all the time. And they want you and they want to ask you and they want to touch you. And I don't want to be touched today. And, and it's that, and it's finding your balance in that, but you should always be comfortable and okay with saying, you know what, Anya, I don't want to be bothered. Yeah. I'm going to be in my room. The door is going to be locked. 
I'm going to do uh, my face mask. I'm going to go lie down and take a nap. And I close the door and you could hear her telling Arya, ah, don't go, don't touch her door. She doesn't want to be bothered by us. <laughs> She'll say, what is it that you need? Do you want some juice? Would you yeah. like some crackers? She's like, don't bother her because I don't want to get in trouble. Because I, I, I make them accountable for each other. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll tell them like, don't come out here. I'm recording. If one of you come out here, I'm beating both of you. So then they stop each other from doing things. And I'm just like, yes, teamwork, teamwork. And enforcing boundaries and normalizing the, the ability to create boundaries. Because they was like, you know, if mom can create boundaries, well, I know I can create boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like all these behaviors have rippling effects, right? Like now it's carrot and stick, the kid. I want this, I don't want that. But as you get older, that's the stuff that sticks with you too. So mm -hmm. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. We got a question. Um, no, I think you really answered. I it. thought Nair was gonna say something crazy. Okay, <laughs> well, I, th I feel like this next one is up Nair's alley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you, both of you feel about the leathers? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I some, where my air horns at? Oh my god! That's how I feel about the leathers. Bring oh. them shits on. <laughs> Bring on the leathers, Nayabi. <laughs> I think it's a time and place. I think every child don't need it necessarily. And I think it's something about being super in tune with it. Nearum believe, Nearum is on his Bernie Mac. Nearum wanted to just have a whole collection. Yeah. Yes. Wide ones, different skinny ones, yeah, different levels, yes. I think it's more of a balance. I think it's more nuanced to that. I, I think you could absolutely have a kid and never have to pull a battle on them once, depending on who they are. But I think there's other kids mm -hmm. you have to go in right on top. So Niram always teased me because I always use that. That's almost like one of the last steps that I take mm -hmm. because I want us to get away with it, right? Because I do believe it. I don't want y'all to think like, oh, they're going to be the moon and stars. Her children mm -hmm. might be the <laughs> No, that ain't it, right? Like some, but I do think there are other practices you can take with kids Fuck before you get to that, that point. I am bringing the heat. And I know it's the difference, right? Like, I'm bringing I think that fire. <laughs> and all you need, all you need is one for me. Yeah. And then all, all the other times it's going to be mental war warfare. Because <laughs> I think it's more of a voice thing, right? I think it's other tactics you can use to get their attention, mm -hmm. right? Because I think it's a fact of not, not getting their attention, not being clear and having that. No, it's like Mabel. No, no. <laughs> the first no is to get their attention. And the second no is to correct their ass. Same yeah, thing. my my kids know there's no third time. Like it's, I said no, <laughs> I told you stop. It's just action now. Yeah, the third same. thing is action. The same and, thing with leather. The first time is to get their attention, and the second time is to uh, bring correction. And I think what we do agree on, if you do use, you know, you believe in the whoopings and spankings, I think it's the next step that sometimes our parents didn't take to unpack yeah. what just happened and why. Yeah. Right? Because I don't believe in normalizing violence. Like, you know, I know some of the hoteps be like, it's like slavery and you be whooping on their house. No, 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 no. It, it's not as clear cut as that. Like, I do think it's the difference between if you take a little four-year-old and you on a hand that is not a whipping like let's not overgeneralize that is not the same thing yeah but i do believe that if you do use some form of corporal punishment there needs to be an explanation so they know exactly who what when why where what are the boundaries why i'm doing it like that's the type of piece that i don't think we necessarily got as kids Fuck that. it was kids just are terrorists and we uh -oh. do not negotiate with them. <laughs> <Literally>, <laughs> kids are terrorists, we don't negotiate with them 
but I, I, I believe in unpacking, right? And the unpacking might not come before. It might be in a place where they're in a better mental place, but I do think it needs to be more explaining to it. So folks then think their only outlet is only like pushing back, hitting in violence. I think both can live. So I think folks sometimes over-rotate on both ends of it. I believe in talking to them a little more than near them do. Um, I'll yeah, say that- I don't want to bring in the leather. Yeah. Don't you touch that <laughs> shit no more. <laughs> Did not tell you how to touch. You need to. What's the crying one there? What's the big old cry? Did not tell you not to touch that any mo. <laughs> oh my god! But then you got to talk to him. Now, you know why I whipped you? Because I told you what. Not to touch that stove. And then before you did it, we did this. Like, I need people. You got to let folks, because I think kids are smart. They are smart. That's why I'd be so frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I I put together that trampoline outside. Yeah. I got I got patio furniture. Y'all have Play-Doh. And yes. every time before y'all go outside, I say, don't play in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. y'all outside, don't be playing in the dirt. As soon as I see nobody on the trampoline, I look to my left, I look to my right, and who's playing in the dirt? Both of them. So that's why they inside today. And I'm just like, what is it that y'all don't get? Are are your ears not clean? Let me see your ears. Are your ears not clean? Oh, okay. So what is it that you don't get? Just take that tampering back. That they ass playing in the dirt. <laughs> you, you don't, don't want play. to play in the dick. Look, no, you did you. Look, you don't want nice things. Listen, and I, you, you know what I told him? I said, I said, I went to Walmart. I saw a bunch of nice outside toys. And you know what? I didn't buy any of them because y'all don't deserve it. Y'all don't listen to me. <laughs> they, both, they both looked at me like, so you had to tell us that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mental you said mental warfare. Yes. <laughs> well, the kids are resilient. I know. That's the other thing we forget. We forget how resilient these children are, too. Mm-hmm. And that is my next question. So how do you um, how do you feel about the possibility of your kids being more advanced than you were growing up the more you wait? <sighs> That's something I do think about. And am I going to be humble enough or further, further along on my emo- mental and emotional journey to, like, allow it? Because even now that we're in our mid-30s, I don't know if it happens with your family, but it even happens with my family sometime when we're talking about stuff. And it's like, but my, I know more about this than you do. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a situation where you've lapsed in your knowledge or your scope of influence and let me step into that. And I see it playing out. And it's just like, if she literally would just fall back just a little bit, mm-hmm. we would be great. So like that is I physically seen the moments and when it happened and I'm young still, I'm still young. I got plenty of stuff. I don't know, but right. There's certain stuff where I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, I got you on this one. Mm-hmm. And you can see the pushback. Right. And that's like, I already set something in the back of my head to be like, Oh, this absolutely is going to be like my child and probably younger, right? Like it's going to happen even younger just because of the privileges that our child will have. And I imagine the circles they're going to run in at a younger age that we didn't get to till we were older. Yeah. So it's truly something about like leaning. And that goes also beyond the respectability politics. I want to be transparent with my child and what I do and don't know. But in and make it okay to not know everything, to make it okay <laughs> that you're constantly learning something and we and you can learn from anyone, Very right? Nice. Like it doesn't have to be this hierarchical thing when it comes to learning and, and setting up an environment for that, I think is super, super um, important. 
I'm ready. Teach me. Yeah, I agree. Nirm definitely is going to be more open than um, well, what's I think the new, I am. What's the, what's the new joint? The Glick Glack? I want to be on it. Look, teach me how to do the Glick Glack. I want to be on there. I want to be the granddaddy. That, that is Ari. Let me, talk, let me show you how I woke. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to be like, I'm not interested in Glick Gladding. No, thank you. <laughs> no. Well, I think Nirm's going to have the end because he's going to be interested in more of the social aspect and the fun. So when it really get to the serious things, the relationship and the bridge and the networks for exchanging mm-hmm. of information is already going to be primed. That's going to make it easier compared to me who's going to be like, not interested in glick lacking. We had something called MySpace. I've been there, done that. <laughs> right? Like I, I definitely know I'm going to fuck up and say that on some shit where I should have just received it. Even right. if I ain't going to use it, right? Like just another piece of knowledge to connect with my child or children exactly. in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think by doing that, it just makes it open where the big shit come down. Right. <laughs> where it's just like, oh, we need to have real talk. Mm-hmm. And my slip is showing it. Like when they going to have kitchen table talk with me? Yes. Yeah. It's not I'm always ready. one. It's not always just one way streets. Like when are they going to then reciprocate that for me? Because that's what we want to create, right? We mm-hmm. want them to be smarter, faster, prettier, all the things more than us. That yeah. is our wish. Yeah. And once they have it, we gotta we gotta um, reward those gifts. Yeah. Right. Like we have to nurture that soil. We have to make that fertile for them to continue to go on because they know they have a safe place at home to always come to. Yes. But my thing, you know, I, I, I always have touted myself for being an early adopter to things. Mm-hmm. And like that's something that I'm really proud of is like even if like that thing failed, I was still an early adopter to it. And I think you know if and when we ever have kids and you know they want to be on the hip shit and they a little bit faster, cool. Because I want to learn. Because I want to be. I want always want to be ahead of the curve. Like I I I I find things more exciting for me when I'm ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kids are uh, constant learning. And you, you're going to have to educate yourself once they're asleep and before they wake up about like, what's the latest abbreviation in text to yeah. what's the latest category in porn that you need to be aware of just in case they dabble it in. Yes. And that's the scary part about it is, oh my God, I've seen too much. Um, am I am I scared for them to go out the house? Am I scared for them to have friends? Am I scared for them to sleep over people's houses? Or um, do I feel like they're fully prepared if someone tries to grab them? Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. it's all of that, but it's also balancing it out where you don't always think the worst. Yes. And you don't let them live or you let them live too freely because you want to be their friend over being their parent. And it's all this balance that you have to pull yourself back and get feedback on. That's why talking to them is very important to be honest about what you know they can approve on, what they're not doing, and asking like, why aren't you doing it? Mm-hmm. So, I agree because that's what always comes back to when I think of like meeting in the village. Like, I love the idea of connecting with the kids. Shan, do like you talk with other, your other like black parent friends, and do y'all be having conversations like this? I feel like I would have to have like a monthly conversation at dinner to be like so what's going on in your kids like so did they cut crazy this month or what i'm missing mm. like I, i'm always so engaged in that conversation i don't i don't talk to my other friends who are parents like this uh because i see that they parent them completely different than me and i don't want to push my method of parenting on them as if they they're completely wrong even though the way that they're parent i can see it going left very yeah. early is kind of like I'm stopping them from getting their lesson. Gotcha. Because as long as I, you know, I parent my children in a way where they can see it 
they take it in, they understand it, they see my boundaries. If they have questions, oh, we can talk. Yeah. But I've learned at a very young age that you don't give advice to people who didn't ask you for it. Yes. Yes. And, and I think, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I have a, a close friend that I uh, made through work where Anya and her daughter have the same birthday, same day, same age, but their personality is completely different. And the allowances that she gives her daughter are like TikTok. Um, She gets to go on Instagram. She gets to do makeup with her. Um, They dance. She let her like do like modeling pictures and that's their thing. And they go on vacations together. They get their nails done together. I'm not doing none of those things because I'm not giving my child the illusion that she is equal to me. And I think that's very important for your child to know that you are a child. You don't get this yet. Yes. Eventually, as you get older, you'll get this. But she feels like that's their relationship and she wants to see it. So who am I to step in the way of that? But I'm just not doing that with my girls because just because you feel like it's cute for you to a man who has a pedophile issue, he going to think it's for him. Yeah. And I don't want that. Yes. And I think that's something that I'm really, and I always tell Niram, I really work through because I thrive in community environment and I just, I'm just figuring out like, what is it going to be? And, you know, I'm hoping it's something that just kicked in. Like what, like, how do you strike that balance between like community and just doing it with your nuclear family? Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's just something that I really think and unpack, right? Like sometimes like just getting someone outside looking in and be like, what you see, like, what, what's your thoughts here? Like, Am I missing some shit? Yeah, like, your kids are bad. What you say? <laughs> yeah, I need a friend. I'm like, your kids bad as hell. I'm like, what? Are they bad? Yeah. I just think about that. And I'm sure it's about, everything is nuanced. But like, I truly think about that. And, but I guess it's a science even into how you select who that is. That's not everyone. Everyone does not get that privilege. Mm-hmm. There is a small, you know, subset of people that do. And like, how do you create that and cultivating that and have that, you know, that discourse back and forth in a safe environment. I always just think about that. Yeah. And I, and I always think about like, if I get this person's child just for like a play date, will they listen? They don't yeah. listen to their mom. So I'm definitely not taking them nowhere. And yeah. I'm like that because I need I children who would Unless I get the permission to whip them. Hello? And I don't want to have to whoop you. I want my right. word to be enough. But at yeah. the same time, if my kids know not to do something, you can't come over my house thinking you about to do it. Exactly. Whew. I'm telling you, it's a lot. It's a a thing. All right. So Niram. What's up? If you could imagine yourself as a dad, what would that look like? Oh man, I'm a fly dad. I'm over here. I told you. I'm fly. (laughs) That means you're going to be the opposite. I'm happy. That means you're going to be the opposite dad. Mansion baby Bjorn with the J's. Oh, you want to be an Instagram dad. You want to be an Instagram influencer. Well, look, I'm beyond all the latest glick glack. What is it? You want to be a daddy blogger. Okay. Okay. No, but I do see myself. I can see myself as a daddy blogger. I absolutely could. Mm. What does that mean, Niram? Behind the the superficial, like you have to get Niram a jogger stroller. Of course. So they can run. Of course. Yes, we're going to have all the stuff. They're going to go on all the journeys. Mm -hmm. The world is going to know about them. Not like Drake. I'm not, hiding the world. I'm not hiding the world for my kids. <laughs> Nayami, how do you see it right. as a mom? I, I, hopefully providing almost the yin to the yang of Nero. Like I really want to um, be a mother that tries to be, 
I don't know, just in tune. And I want to just create a space in which my kid feels as if they can thrive, whatever mm-hmm. that can be. Like I, that is what I want. So if they come to me and be like, daddy keep click glocking me and I just want to sit in the room and read James Baldwin I'm like all right let me talk to your dad like like I just want to create like just this environment I'm not a giant trader <laughs> sometimes we try to create our kids into something that they're not and I really mm-hmm. want them to like I want them to have a strong sense of self-awareness I want them to be kind like if those are the types of things mm-hmm. and core values I want to instill into them I want them to be able to think critically I want them to I want them to be fearless yes like mm-hmm. I want to know how do you create like this fearless um and courageous being that's kind I think like that's what I really want to go deep into and all the other stuff is icing mm-hmm. and like really trying to unpack like you know what does that then look like to show up like if that's the person I want to create what then do I have to mirror to them for them to see it because of course I can put situations for them and, and say the things but in actuality I have to be able to mirror that in myself mm. yeah so getting even very clear on like what does it mean to be courageous for me and what does it mean to be fearless in these types of situations so like that's where I try to um where I see myself um as a mother right then of course the other stuff being nurturing being being home right like I want my kid to be so fearless that they feel like they can go jump out and always kind of come back and land um somewhere especially while I'm around so those are some of the initial things I think about that's good do you have any um fears about childbirth childbirth I think superficially no right like I now I'm shady I've seen a lot of women (laughs) who are just pieces of women who made it. <laughs> oh, no. What does that but, mean? No, I'm not going to unpack what that means. But I think the audience knows. Oh. Um, just pieces of people. It's like, oh, you're not even a whole person. You're just a piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> but what I do think about with my age, and the scientist goes back to me, right? Because my background, I got a chemistry degree and all that, is mm-hmm. the high mortality rate of Black women. Mm-hmm. I worry about the equity and treatment when it comes to like my doctor and like that's what I'm more high alert about than the actual process of going through it I'm more worried like am I going to get an equitable experience as a black woman when I'm going to the doctor and the tests are being ran like I'm more like that prenatal like that's what I got a little bit of a fear in because I feel like I'm already going in on defense mode like I'm already going in to be like you gonna be on some bullshit like how am I getting ahead of it more so than if I go through childbirth, like in the pain of that, right? Because I feel like when we we were built for that, like we were built for that piece of it. Mm-hmm. But I got my side eye on that other shit of yeah. like, did you truly run the test? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you just looking at the numbers of because I'm black? Have you done like that's honestly the piece? And I keep going back to the village model where I, where I want the mamas to be like, nah, make sure you do X, Y, and Z nyams, or did they check that? Like that's the piece um, mm-hmm. that. I have some lead around and mm-hmm. fear um, truly around being taken seriously, like being yeah. taken seriously as a black woman who hopefully will be pregnant. And if I say something, knowing that my word will be taken seriously, right. that's what I'm scared of. Yeah. I say, um, make sure you have a doula or a doula friend mm-hmm. and uh, make sure you have a real grandmother, meaning they know like, the natural way, the herb way, the way to get a baby to stop um, doing whatever they're doing that's not helping. And someone that's there to support you, even if that means just coming over 
and watching me um, just vent while my nipples are leaking. Yes. Like, who are those people for you? And and those are the people that get you through it. Yes. Yes. So like, that's exactly what I think about. <laughs> and, and it's sad as like, when we can't even be like, oh yeah, girl, what about the plane? But it's like, no, no, no. I got to worry about this other shit. Like, I think again, the strife and the, just the powerfulness of black women that mm-hmm. <sighs> Lord have mercy. Ooh, it's a lot. It is, ain't it? It is a lot. <laughs> um, you said what? All I got to do is shoot the club. There you go. Use a lie. All you got to do is make sure you don't come home empty handed. This nigga say shoot. I know he lying. (laughs) Now I know he showing out on the cozy wound. Oh man. Showing out on the cozy wound. Oh man. He about to make me get in my Kevin Samuels bag. Oh no. You ain't being a high caliber nigga. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Don't do it. Kevin Samuels. I'm upset. Um. My last uh, question for you guys is, yeah. in the idea of preparing for kids financially, yes. what would make both of y'all comfortable with the idea of being with child? Like, what's the number like in your mind? Mm-hmm. Yes. You want to go first? Or uh, go? I want you to go. Well, I think we've talked about this before, and we've even made peace that we didn't get it to mm-hmm. that but I think in our head, we really wanted to be debit free. Like we did not want to yes. have um, period. Like we're just trying not to have that across the board. And we were able to accomplish that. I think it's important for us to have like X amount of dollars in savings. So also we love the idea of having three to six months of savings that's already set aside. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece that we were looking for was consistently having um, almost automation when it came to retirement right like we didn't want to begin with the kids yeah and then do that so like those were the key things that we wanted to feel super super um stable with mm-hmm. as we were going into like child planning right like no of course that we're a little bit further along you know we wait till we a little deeper in our 30s we got a little bit more in savings right like we've now diversified our portfolio and we have like different ways to do that and also we're saving for a home and a down payment but I think like those were the key three things for us that we wanted to go into if we were having a family so again being debt-free um, making sure that we had three to six months worth of savings completely saved up just in case we hit a recession, something hit the fan. We know we could take care of ourselves and our family and then begin making sure we have a plan for retirement long-term for us and, and making it to the point where it was so automated that you didn't feel it, right? right? Like you want it where you didn't feel it because when a baby comes, new expenses come, are we saving for college? What that looks like? And we were, we just wanted to be tight on that. And it's a core value that Niram and I always have is that we live below our knees, right? So for the folks who don't know, we were from Detroit, blue collar workers, our family worked in the plant and we've seen the whole gamut of what it is to work in that blue collar workforce. So going all the way back to my grandparents who came up there to fifties to our aunts and uncles and some of our cousins who work there currently, right? So there was a time where you can work at GM, Ford and Chrysler mm-hmm. and make all of the overtime, have you a home and a boat and all of that. Fast forward to 2008 to present to now these folks only making $10, $12 an hour. Mm-hmm. So it was super important for us to make sure we weren't so dependent on um, a company or corporation kind of for our outcome of money, which is why, again, we stress this idea of being debt free and living below um, our means so we can just flex more like yeah. we, we were always able to condense. We're always able to, you know, 
figure out that next move. And we know there was time where our parents had to work multiple jobs, hustle up, and we had to go over other folks' house. We just really wanted to be in tune with it. Like we didn't have to be multi-millionaires or something, but it's something that I'm sure our parents would have loved to not have debt and had a little nest egg set aside and had some ret- retirement that I know they wouldn't have been able to breathe a little easier. What about you, Nero? Yeah, I would say diddle to everything you said, but I guess uh, one more thing that you didn't add uh, was just like having life insurance. True. Yeah. You know, making sure that we are all planning for a life at the death mm-hmm. and that we don't have to have our kids take care of the shit that we have to take care of. Yeah. So I even think about like life, uh, life insurance, but also like long-term disability and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want my kids to have to like think about me and worry about me no matter what situation they're in. I want to make sure that we always setting them up for yeah. the things that need to happen. And I, and I think for most black people, out there is like you know a, a simple 10 to 20 dollars a month can go a long can way have that. Mm-hmm. we want to make sure that was already in yeah. our budget comfortably mm-hmm. so when the other thing you know god forbid something happened we have these new babies at least we have these life insurance whole policies. life insurance yes. and they're good right instead of us and i know sometimes people wait to have the baby then do it but like mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure we had these things already normalized stabilized in place and we had the privilege of doing it, right? Yeah. We recognize that everyone did not have the privilege of doing it before, but even before us. But like, this was some things that we could change and we could just set a strong foundation for. I love it. And um, that's a misconception that a lot of people get. Oh, what do you mean you're 28, 29, 30, 31? Y'all, y'all should hurry up and have kids. Who are you to tell me? What time I need to have my children. And I think the value of people understanding their finances better, being within a career that they're happy in, which is very important to be at a part of your life where you're happy and you have kids because happy people produce happy children. Yes. Yes. Miserable people produce miserable children that make other children's lives miserable. And when you are fully 110% prepared and ready to be within that, then Mm -hmm. you're going to be comfortable in the transitions that children bring you because nobody knows off tops before they get pregnant that I'm going to have a child um, that may have Down syndrome. I'm going to have a child that has cerebral palsy. I'm going to have a child that may be blind. Like you don't know, like it's the biggest gamble. And thankfully, yes, I did bring two healthy children into the world, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people felt like they were financially prepared for a healthy baby, but they didn't get a healthy baby. And when your baby needs more medical care, that costs can break marriages, can break relationships, and can lead to long years of depression because you didn't, you felt like you had bad karma because this is what happened to your kid. So it's it's a lot of preparation for it. I love this. This is great. Yeah. So I'm happy you guys are taking your time. And of course, I will be excited when that time comes. But I also think in marriages and great marriages it's very important for you guys to enjoy each other before the children come because the dynamic does shift where it's um, we have a kid now, let's do the kid thing, but we both are two individuals and we both have needs in our relationship and how do we make time for that with everything else going on so I say 
do all of the joyous vacations together, all of the times together, the eating out um, mm -hmm. randomly at nice places together while it's just you and Niram. But then when that child comes, y'all probably not going to eat out as much. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you say forget that. Yes, we yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this was good and um thank you guys for allowing me to do this and share sure. your uh your mindset on this whole processing of what it would be to have children absolutely thank, thank you. you we appreciate y'all so much yes i loved it let me meet let y'all meet these kids in the flesh yes, of course lord bye bye, bye.